Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong. Hello, world. Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong back with you on Leonard Birdsong Radio. As my announcer said, my my show is a unique blend of humor, opinion, storytelling, and, yes, information. I will never provide you with fake news, but I will always, sometimes, well, not always, I will sometimes make you laugh out loud with the true news stories about dumb criminals and their shenanigans, which I report. I have some new ones that I've been working on for you today. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some things on my mind, and we're going to have a guest who is an expert in identity theft, not doing it, but trying to stop identity theft. I think you'll uh, you'll like to hear from him. Now, we've got, as usual, we've got the peanut gallery behind us. You there, peanut gallery? All right, they're there. They're always here on the show. Uh, all right, folks. Okay, okay, got it. All right. My uh, research assistant already sent me some news tidbits, so maybe we won't have to hear the fax machine today. Let me go right into some of these dumb news stories that I've been working on for you. And some of them are sad, some of them are funny, but again, these are true stories. The first story comes from Arizona. Headline, Wild Child. It has been reported that a Phoenix area police officer first tried compassion, responding to a naked woman's claim that she had been a sex crime victim at a gas station in Gila Bend, Arizona. However, when the Maricopa Sheriff's deputy went around to the trunk of his cruiser to retrieve a blanket for her, she jumped into the driver's seat of the car and took off leading police on a wild seven-and-a-half-mile chase before crashing along I-10 in Elroy, Arizona. She was then taken into custody and, of course, hospitalized. Yeah, it's not good. No good deed goes unpunished. Another story from Arizona that I found recently. Headline. Good the wood did not go up in smoke. I'll do it again. Good the wood did not go up in smoke. The story. Customs officers confiscated stacks of firewood coming across the Mexican border in a pickup truck after a drug-sniffing dog's reaction spurred suspicion. As it turned out, officers discovered that each of the logs were hollowed out and stuffed with 100 pounds of marijuana worth a total of 53,000 bucks. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's that funny, but it certainly is ingenious. Okay, okay. All right, if you like that one, here's we're going to jump overseas to Austria. Headline, Feed the Kitty. A supermarket manager who was arrested for embezzling $21,000 moaned to an Austrian judge that he needed the money for his precious cat. The 35-year-old embezzler had pocketed small amounts of money over the months by duping cashiers into believing their till balances were too low. He then made them shell out the money 
and shell out the difference to him. And, of course, he then embezzled the money and used it for his cat. Takes all kinds, folks. It takes all kinds. All right, I just read the news. I don't make it. Okay. We're going to come back here now to California. This is a short one. The headline read, The FBI better call the police. The story. We learned that a special FBI agent in Costa County, California, was the victim of a car theft, car theft, and the bandit got away with the agent's submachine gun, ammo magazines, and his bulletproof vest. No suspects have been identified. Like the headline said, the FBI better call the police. All right, <clears throat> sticking with California, this headline says, sounds more like a crime bus than a party bus. We learn that robbers held up a 7-Eleven store and then made their getaway in a party bus. The 7-Eleven clerk in Huntington Beach, California, who was robbed and assaulted, advised police that the robbers got away in the bus. Officers later pulled over the bus on the Pacific Coast Highway and interviewed the 80 people on board. Two of them were arrested, and seven loaded handguns were confiscated. This is what officials report. So I agree, it sounds more like a crime bus than a party bus. What do you think? All right, peanut gallery. All right, you agree with me. I like that. Okay, settle down. You got more stories that we want to read here. Sticking with California. The headline. Worst bank robber ever. Alvin Lee Neal, 56, was recently sentenced to three years and ten months in prison for robbing a Wells Fargo bank in San Diego. Moments before demanding the money, Neal inexplicably swiped his ATM card in a reader at the teller's window, thereby revealing his identity, police officers say. How dumb can you get? How dumb can you get? All right, if, if you like that one, listen to this one. This story comes from north of the border, from Canada. The headline reads, Grabber, G-R-A-B-H-E-R, question mark, Grabber. A Canadian man is unhappy about the federal DMV. That's the Department of Motor Vehicles for Canada. He is unhappy that the DMV canceled his personalized license plate reading G-R-A-B-H-E-R, Grabber. Someone complained that it was misogynist, that is, hateful to women. The man, Lauren Grabber of Nova Scotia, said he inherited the plate and his last name from his late father, long before then-presidential candidate Trump, Trump's NBC tape emerged wherein he boasted about how women allowed him to grab their private parts. But, nevertheless, drivers can misinterpret, says the uh, DMV. They can misinterpret it as socially unacceptable, and they yanked uh, the plate. All right, what do you think about that? 
You want him driving around with a plate that says grabber? Come on, no, you don't want that. All right, we've got some more stories here, folks. Like I said, I'm working on some new stories. There seem to be a lot of them. Let's go to the place where we get lots of good, dumb criminal law stories. That's where I live, the state of Florida. I'm here in our studios in Orlando, a beautiful city. It is sunny today. First story from Florida. Headline. Boy, did he have egg on his face. A young man was arrested for setting up a table and eating pancakes in the middle of a busy road. Kieran Thomas, 21, was wearing bright green pajamas and watching a small portable TV while he ate breakfast in Lakeland, Florida. Allegedly, Thomas told police it was a prank that had gone wrong. All right, Peanut Gallery likes that. Just another story here from Florida. Headline, Idiot. A wannabe burglar picked the worst place in the world for a break-in, a surveillance camera shop. The hoodlum was caught on several hidden cameras trying to smash in a door at the spy spot investigation store in Deerfield Beach, police report. They arrested him pretty quickly. What do you think about that? All right. This is the last one from Florida, and then I'm going to go on to some news tidbits. Florida. Headline. Oops. Right church, but wrong pew. A Jacksonville landlord evicting a deadbeat tenant had a crew go into apartment 233 and throw everything out to the curb. However, there was a big problem. The non-rent paying was in apartment 213. Quote. I have been sleeping on my floor waiting for something to happen, end quote, said the wrongly trashed tenant, Miss B. David. I want them to pay for all of my stuff I've lost. She's still waiting. She's still waiting. Well, we hope that uh, they will replace their stuff. 2.13 was where they were supposed to go, and they went to... 223. <laughs> well, that happens. It does happen. Now, let's see. I got some news tidbits coming in here, and I have a little time. These are not just about dumb criminals. These are stories in the news. They're all true. Everything I read to you before was true news. But um, here's one from France. A French burglar made cops' jobs easy when he got stuck in the hole he cut in a shop window. Police in Melon Lihier found the 46-year-old man hanging, uh, hanging uh, in the window. He had hanging in the window. He had smashed with a hammer and was trying to climb through when he got stuck. "Quote: Drunk, he robbed a shop but got stuck." The police tweeted with the hashtag. <laughs> Thug life. That's in France. <laughs> Sounds like something here. Here's a strange one. It's just a news tidbit, but I'm going to read it to you. It's called the headline. Fat Gran had 140-pound tumor. I guess Gran means grandmother. Mary Clancy, 
said she was uh, resigned to being a plump old lady. Over 15 years, the Pennsylvania woman kept getting bigger despite dis- dieting. But her health started and continued to deteriorate. Her son then pers- persuaded her to go to the hospital. What doctors found astounded them. They found a cyst in one of her ovaries that had grown on into a 140-pound tumor. Doctors at Lehigh Valley Health Network in Allentown removed the cancerous stage one mass in a five-hour operation. Going in, Clancy, 71, weighed 365 pounds. After five hours in surgery, she lost 120, 20, nope, she lost 180 pounds of tumor and tissue. That's about half her weight. She was very relieved, she said to a police station or I'm sorry, to a TV station. She said she was very pleased and relieved. All right. Just a couple more here. Let's see. Here's one about irony. We find that President Trump's official Make America Great Again caps were sold on his campaign website and uh, the sports manufacturer label asserted made in the USA. But on the day of his swearing in, that is inaugural day, knockoff versions of the caps hawked in Washington, D.C. were all reportedly made in China, Vietnam, and Bangladesh. How about that news tidbit? <laughs> well, this is a little bit of the news I wanted you to hear. We're going to take a famous pause for the cause. We'll be back with you. Stick with Leonard Birdsong Radio. You'll get some laughs and you'll get some information. Be back with you soon. It's a new year. You're probably making resolutions again, right? Time to find a better job, improve your relationships, and fix your finances. Well, Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his TalkZone Internet radio program. And now you can read more.
more of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series, Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at leonardbirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs, or at least a few chuckles, from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author link at leonardbirdsong.com. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, world, it's Leonard Birdsong back with you after that little break. Pause for the cause. And I want to talk about some things that are on my mind. I I used to travel in Europe. I was stationed as a State Department officer in Germany for about three years back in the 1980s. I um, went to Holland, which is also known as the Netherlands, a couple of times. It was a very nice and clean country. You can smoke marijuana there legally. I don't smoke marijuana, but a lot of people do. But I came across some facts that I just wanted to share with you. Uh, if you get a chance to go to Europe, you should go to to Holland. It's called the Netherlands. That's the official name. Netherlands means lowland because some of it is underwater. That's why they have deep dikes and windmills and things like here. that. But now here's some fun facts you probably did not know about Holland, and I'm going to school you on it. The Netherlands, that's the official name, is also known as Holland. The country borders Belgium and Germany, and it boasts a population of 16.8 million people. Now, one-fifth of the Dutch population is foreign, and the majority of Dutch people can speak more than one language. I know that because I've been there. A lot of people speak English and speak it pretty well. Yeah, but they also speak German. Many of them speak French. There are 20 national parks in the Netherlands. The Netherlands also has strong exports in a number of industries, including many of the world's tomatoes, cucumbers, and flowers. Almost 80% of the world's flower bulbs come from the Netherlands. The Netherlands is the home to more bicycles than people. But cycling is the safest in the world there, according to a study from Rutgers University. Holland has the lowest rates of serious injuries per million kilometers cycle. Finally, and this is the one I found most surprising, home births are still cherished in the Netherlands. About 20% of babies born in the last few years were born at home, making it one of the highest home birth rates in the developed world. How about that? Bet you didn't know those things. If you get a chance to go to Netherlands or Holland, I think you'll enjoy it. I certainly enjoyed my time there, even though I don't smoke marijuana. <laughs> now, as a law professor, and most people don't know what law professors do, law professors are supposed to disseminate knowledge about the law and analyze the law and analyze laws. We do this by teaching students, like I do in the law school where I teach, also by writing articles or comments or notes about certain things. A few years ago, I looked at some of these weird stories that I had created. I didn't create them, but I found and edited and made my own sort of analysis. Here are a few stories. Now, this is a real story that came from Germany. The headline read, Busted. 
It had been, or it has been reported, that a lawyer's well-endowed lover allegedly tried to kill him with her breasts. A German professional's jealous girlfriend allegedly tried to smother him with her size 38 double-D bosoms because she said she wanted to make his death, quote, as pleasant as possible. She was charged with attempted murder. This was in 2012. Now, reading this story as a law professor, I had to analyze this. For me, this story leaves a lot to the imagination. Was the attempted murder done in bed, I'd like to know? Were the parties dressed or were they naked? Had the professional been unfaithful with some other woman beside his chesty lover? What was the motive for the attempted murder? Finally, since the word malice or the concept of malice is required for every murder or attempted murder, what facts herein show malice? Malice is a state of mind indicating ill will or the, the, the doing the person in or wanting to do the person in. Now, when we have malice, we have a problem here because there is no malice because the lady alleged that she wanted to make his death as pleasant as possible. Now, to a law professor, this sounds only like maybe an attempted manslaughter. There isn't enough evidence of malice for attempted murder here. Still, what a way to go if you have to go. The next strange story that I came across a few years ago came from Italy. The headline read, Sensuous Sun Screening. In 2011, a woman was arrested on an Italian topless beach for rubbing on sunscreen in an overtly sensuous manner. That's in quotes. In an, quote, un, an overly sensuous manner, end quote. The said violation was reported to police by a mother who had brought her two teenage sons to the beach. The mother was shocked by the other woman's show of pub public sunscreen use and filed a lewdness complaint against the woman for an act of extreme sexuality. Now, that's also in quote, quotes. Extreme sex. Nope. I said sexuality. It really reads extreme sensuality. Now, I get that right. Now, as a law professor, I consider this a shocking report. And I have a few questions. And these questions are for the Italian authorities. I'd like them to answer, number one, why would a mother take one? Why would a mother take not one, but two, two teenage sons to a topless beach? Number two, what distinguishes sensuality from extreme sensuality? Finally, number three, when did extreme sensuality become a crime? Inquiring minds would like to know. The last of my stories that I wanted to analyze from a few years ago comes from Sweden. The headline. We wonder what her husband had done to her. In 2012, a Swedish woman admitted stabbing her husband to death with a fillet knife she had received as a Christmas present from her employer. She contends that the stabbing was in self-defense. 
Swedish police said that after the attack on her husband, the 42-year-old woman wrote a bizarre note to her boss stating, quote, Thank you for the Christmas gift. By the way, it worked. End quote. Now, as a law professor, I suspect that these words in this note may have provided evidence of a conspiracy between the woman and her employer. A conspiracy is defined as an agreement between two or more people to commit an act that is illegal, or at least, and at least one of the conspirators undertakes an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. Could this have been the case? Why or why not? Inquiring minds would really like to know. Thank you for the Christmas gift. By the way, it worked. I do think it was a conspiracy. What about you folks? <laughs> All right. We are, oh, okay. Okay, Peanut Gallery. We're going to be bringing on a guest. His name is Dale Penn, and he is... Uh, expert in identity theft. He's also a risk management expert. He tells me he learned about identity theft the hard way as a victim. And in the year it took him to regain control of his identity and finances, he collected and compiled every solution, anecdote, and tip he learned. The result is an award-winning book called Identity Theft Secrets, Exposing the Tricks of the Trade. We'll be talking to him after we take this next pause for the cause. Stick with me. This is Leonard Birdsong Radio. Also, let me just remind you, if you want to read some of my <clears throat> dumb criminal stories, criminal law stories, you can go to my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com. Read some of those stories for free. <clears throat> or if you want the expanded versions, you can go to my blog, my website, Leonard Birdsong. Dot com and you can buy my stories. Dave, can you take us out? It's a new year. You're probably making resolutions again, right? Time to find a better job, improve your relationships, and fix your finances. Well, Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. 
Are you considering law school? Then you probably have tons of questions about the application process, the admissions process, the benefits of a legal career, and what it takes to succeed in law school. You'll find the answers to these questions and more in Professor Birdsong's Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Inside, you'll find helpful chapters on the history of the lawyer, why you should apply to law school, things you need to know about applying, and more. You have the ability and the drive. Now, get the advice that will guide you into the legal profession by helping you successfully submit your application to the law school of your choice. Professor Birdsong's award-winning Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Available for purchase on Amazon.com or through the author link at LeonardBirdsong.com. Now, back to Professor Birdsong for more Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, this is Leonard Birdsong back with you, world. I'm on TalkZone these days. You can listen to me 24-7, Internet radio at its best. Well, ID theft or identity theft has become a problem in the United States. And I want to bring on a guest here. Who can talk about it? Dale Penn is that guest. He's out in Los Angeles. Dave, are you with us? Good afternoon. How are you doing, Dale? Terrific. Thanks for calling, yeah. Professor Burton. And thank you for coming on to the show. You, uh, <clears throat> you've written a book, Identity Theft Secrets, Exposing the Tricks of the Trade. I've told our listeners a little bit about the fact that you had your identity stolen and you took a year to get it together. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about identity theft and ways they might be able to protect themselves from it? Well, I'd be happy to. Well, you can't pick up a newspaper today without reading something about privacy uh, or lack thereof, about identity events, both in uh, the personal lives of citizens, in government affairs from day to day, in in the affairs of nation states. Uh, all the way down to your refrigerator and the Internet of Things. Everything right. that has an IP address, essentially, is hackable. And uh, as of today, uh, we've, we've got even a U.S. Select Committee on Intelligence uh, that's conducting uh, a conference today to discuss uh, interference with our election via the Internet. So, How, how about that, about. and how timely is all of this? Huh. Yeah, you're right. Well, I'm glad that it's a bipartisan look, but one of the things that struck me uh, this morning uh, was were, were the comments of uh, the co-chair, Mark Warner, who literally said, um, and this is Senator Warner on the Intelligence Committee, literally said today that there is nothing we can do to stop the Russians from hacking us again in 2018 or 2020. Nothing we can do. Well, that's not very hopeful, but I've got good news for your listeners because there are a lot of things we can do as uh, as private citizens, as family members, as business owners to protect our privacy, and that's what I want to talk about today. And that's what we want to hear. Dale, you're doing fine. Let's hear it. Well, my, my privacy was invaded <clears throat> several years ago when I got a phone call from uh, Nordstrom, one of the one of the top retailers in the country. I thought they were calling me to invite me to their VIP uh, sales event. But mm-hmm. They were calling to to warn me that if I didn't pay my bill, 
uh, they were going to come after me. And I thought, wait a minute, uh, I, I always pay my bills. You know, I'm a good citizen. I pay my bills. I'm a good consumer. And they said, well, M- Mr. Penn, do not hang up. If you don't pay this bill, we're going to have to come after you. And, uh, and they said, if you hang up, we're just going to call back anyway. So I realized something was wrong. And, of course, uh, they were under the impression that I had ripped them off for uh, thousands of dollars. Same oh thing my happened gosh. Um, that week with Walmart, with Home Depot, with Target, and I realized my wife and I had become victims of something that was larger and more uh, sinister than we ever imagined. So it took us two and a half years to correct all the mistakes after we discovered that our identity had been stolen by a Czech uh, hustler, someone very similar to Frank Abagnale uh, from the movie, if you recall, Catch Me If You Can, with Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio I remember, I remember, and Tom I remember that movie, yes. So one of these Czech fraudsters uh, wrote bad checks in my name, and it took us two and a half years to recover. So I recorded every step of the way as I made the journey to uh, to restore our good name. And for the benefit of the readers of my book and the people that follow me on Twitter uh, and the audiences that I speak to and the companies that I serve, uh, I shared my restoration process and my protection uh, techniques all along the way. Okay, good. Tell us more about it. Okay. Well, as you may also know, in the in the headlines this week, uh, Congress dismantled all the online privacy rules that were established just last year by the Federal Trade Commission. So what that yep. means is that we are living in an era where our private information is now up for sale, everything we do online. And uh, as Senator Warner said, there's nothing we can do to stop them. Sometimes this is personal data, sometimes it's business data, sometimes it's proprietary corporate data. But I think that if we make some elegant choices, there are lots of things that we can do to protect that data as I learn to protect mine. And there are some very, very simple steps, some hopeful steps that I think uh, people need to hear. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we're all, waiting. M- many of these, uh, many of these uh, uh, crimes are committed by uh, criminal thieves. They're, these are organized criminal hackers. You know, identity theft for the last <clears throat> 16 years in a row has been the number one crime committed in the world. Um, but it's under, but it's under prosecuted. It, isn't that true? Very yeah, few prosecutions. It, it is. You know, the prosecutions don't happen because law enforcement simply doesn't have the resources to follow every single incident of identity theft. It's about two per second in the United States. About two files per second are stolen uh, every day in the United States. Uh, mm-hmm. It takes also about 150, 175 days to even discover that something has gone wrong. Normally we find out when someone lets us know, as I did with, um, with uh, uh, the, Nordstrom's. Phone the phone call from the retailers, yeah, with mm-hmm. Nordstrom's and lots of others. So some are, are organized criminal gangs. Some are just juvenile uh, pranksters. We call them script kiddies. They, they're out to have fun and to interrupt things. The, the, the third uh, category of, of adversary is the rogue politics, the nation states, our enemies, right. and that's what we're talking about today. And finally, something that we can do at home and in business is we can protect ourselves from what I call careless clicks. So you've got the criminal tricks, the juvenile uh, kicks, the rogue politics, and then our own careless tricks. And by, by uh, shoring up our own personal defenses, 
there are things we can do. For example, making sure that you have the latest operating system and the latest browser updates on all of your web-enabled devices uh, is, is mandatory. Per currently, 25% of the people listening to this radio interview do not have the latest browser update on their phone, on their iPad, or on their desktop or laptop. So mm -hmm. having the latest update is extremely important. Why is that? Can you tell us why? Sure, because the malware companies detect these uh, pieces of malware uh, to the tune of millions per day. And overnight while we sleep, they upgrade their systems to detect and protect against those, those rogue pieces of software. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, phishing software, ransomware software, uh, worms, viruses, trojans, those are detected by the millions every single day by companies that we all know. Uh, mm -hmm. Verizon, Nor Norton, Symantec, people like that. And so right. by, by updating in a, on a regular basis every system that we have that connects with the Internet, we've got the latest overnight updates to protect our system. So if we make it a priority to set those automatic updates, uh, we're protecting ourselves uh, from these rogue uh, applications. Okay. So what, what, are, what, what, are, what are some of the secrets and tricks and techniques of these rings or these identity people who, identity thieves we talk about? Well, they survive based on the ubiquity and the anonymity of the Internet. The Internet allows them to hide in the shadows. Uh, and there, there are a lot of things we can do. Number one, we can just, we can just avoid public Wi-Fi uh, for banking and other sensitive transactions. I know it's tempting to go to Starbucks or to the airport or to a hotel and use their Wi-Fi. Doing that is never safe. And if we can get people to update their all their machines and never trust public Wi-Fi for sensitive data, uh, they're one step ahead, two steps ahead of the bad guys. Secondly, we, mm -hmm. can, we can resist the temptation to be lulled into uh, a false sense of security when we're on the Internet. L let, me just, let me just say this. There is nothing... Uh, that even resembles an erase button on the Internet. We may have an eraser at the end of our pencil, but on the Internet, there is no eraser. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so because you cannot erase, then the, the, the thing you've got to do is learn who to trust and, um, and resist the temptation to be lulled into a false sense of security. Uh, you mm -hmm. can do that by making sure that every website you visit has the, um, has the HTTPS indicator in the URL. That's just HTTP with an S, and normally it's accompanied with a lock. That way you know you're on an encrypted, uh, a safe website. And if you develop that habit of expecting to see that little padlock or that HTTPS, you'll go a long way to protecting all of your private data. All right, that helps. Now, let me ask you this. You're talking about the fancy stuff. You're talking about the Internet. But you have uh, indicated that your mailbox outside your house with the raised red flag might alert <laughs> scammers. Yes. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, one of the first things that I like to share with people is that uh, that little red flag on your mailbox, if you've got one, don't use it or unscrew the little flag and detach it from your mailbox. All it does is it lets the fraudsters and the juvenile pranksters in your neighborhood know that there's something valuable in the mailbox. So I always encourage uh, everyone to use a locked mailbox and only deposit your outgoing mail in a locked box. So right. protecting your mail 
goes a long way to protecting not only your incoming private information, but your outgoing private information. That's a, that's a very low-tech thing. The other thing you can do that's very low-tech but often overlooked is you can just pay attention to who's standing over your shoulder. Um, people who love to browse on the Internet, especially when they're standing in line, don't realize that the person behind them can read everything that they're doing, including PIN numbers in ATMs and uh, numbers that they type into their phone. So those kinds of awareness practices can go a long way to protect you with low-tech information. Shredding is also another good low-tech must-have. Everything that goes into your garbage that has personal identifiable information has to be shredded or it can be reconstructed and will be eventually used against you. Finally, yeah. uh, in addition to your, your, your personal habits, uh, you've got to watch out for your credit cards, your debit cards, and your checks. Those are what I refer to as payment tools. Mm -hmm. If your credit cards and debit cards are not protected, uh, then they become vulnerable. And uh, we don't have guarantees, the same guarantees with debit cards, as you know, that we have with credit cards. Right. Now, the when you say cards, protected, do you mean have a chip in them? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, the, well, the chip technology is good, but one of the fastest rising crimes in in uh, the world right now is called CNP cr crime. It's card not present. It's it's crime using your card number without the card. So the chip is a good step, but uh, the bulk of the crimes that are happening these days are happening without a card being present. They're they're happening because your card information has been accessed online, stolen online, sold in underground. Uh, deep websites and then used against you. So yeah, uh, yeah, they call that the deep web. I've heard, huh? Yes, that's the deep web. So the deep web is is really a marketplace for for criminals and right. uh, and all of our information. It's not a matter of catching up to the criminals. It's not even a matter of keeping up. They're already ahead of us. We've yeah. got to put our we've got to put our dukes up and protect our private information, our mail, our information, all of our payment tools, and all of our computers. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I can see that. I'm very disheartened by the fact that Senator Warner from Virginia says that uh, in 2018 the Russians can still hack us. I hope that we're doing something, and we're not, not telling the Russians, that we're going to do something to get back at them about all of this. It's just ridiculous. Well, you know, if, if we would just remember that everything that has an Internet protocol, an IP address, everything that has an IP address is hackable. Uh, we've seen that with all of the major breaches. Companies that can afford and, and, and government organizations and departments that can afford to have all the latest hardware and software, J.P. Morgan, Target, Anthem Blue Cross, the Department of Defense, uh, all of these breaches occurred not because they didn't have enough uh, privacy computers and IT resources. The, the breaches occurred because of a weakness, which is a fundamental weakness. It's the human. It's the human firewall. It's our. Right. It's our tendency to click on things um, and and open ourselves up to phishing emails and to ransomware right. at an at an at an unheard of rate. Well, Dale, look, this is a very, very interesting. I've got to take a pause right now. Can you stay with me a few minutes? Uh, I want to come back and find out about the grandparent scam, and I want to find out more about registry, registry cleaners and other utility software. Can you tell us a little bit about that when we come back? Sure will.
All right. Thanks. Stay with us. Okay. This is Leonard Birdsong. We're on Leonard Birdsong Radio. Our guest, Dale Penn, he'll be back with us after this pause for the cause. It's a new year. You're probably making resolutions again, right? Time to find a better job, improve your relationships, and fix your finances. Well, Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Now, back to Professor Birdsong for more Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, world, this is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. I'm talking to my guest, Dale Penn. He's an expert on identity theft. Dale, thank you for sticking with us here. I wanted to ask you, what is the grandparent scam? Can you tell our listeners about that? Yes, well, uh, we were victims of the grandparent scam. My wife and I have children, and uh, my wife's parents got a phone call uh, saying that our grandson was in trouble and needed money because he was traveling with a school band in Europe. And mm. he was traveling with a school band in Europe. So uh, somehow the bad guys got a hold of grand- grandma's phone number. They picked up the phone. They called her pretended that they were uh, the police, said that your son, your grandson needs emergency help and he needs emergency money. And uh, Professor Birdsong, I'm here to tell you that my sweet mother-in-law went to Western Union to, mm. to, uh, to send the money to my grandson, as every mm. grandparent mm. or parent would do. Yeah. And uh, what, what Grandma didn't know was that my son had been back from his trip uh, two weeks prior. So he was oh my back gosh. in the U.S. And uh, but the bad guys didn't didn't uh, didn't realize just how uh, great their timing was because Grandma didn't know that her grandson was back, and she called me before she sent the money from Western Union, and only with that phone call to me before sending the emergency funds were we able to prevent the loss of um, quite a substantial amount of money. Isn't that something? My God. Yeah. These people are so such low lives, the grandparent scam, huh? Yep. <laughs> oh boy. So the grandparent scam takes advantage of uh you know, it takes advantage of emergencies, it takes advantage of our love, it takes advantage of our willingness to help. And most scams, as you can imagine, do take advantage of our willingness to help others in need, especially after there's right. been a national disaster. Uh, right. that's when the scammers really come out, they raise money for non existing charities. Um, but the good news is that if you're aware of these pranks and these tricks, and you can get aware and stay aware, uh, just follow anyone, including me or you, on on on. 
Twitter or uh, anywhere, and you can find um, stories about these things every day, and that raises your awareness level and your ability to fight back. All right. Well, the last area I want to ask you about, I don't know what you mean by registry cleaners and other utility software. Educate me on that, Dale. (laughs) Okay. Well, registry cleaners uh, and utility software are items that that every um, every uh, computer company uses to maintain the architecture of our systems. Whether you are a Mac owner or a PC owner, you have a registry and you have lots of software. And right. sometimes that those registries need to be cleaned. Now, what I was saying earlier is that if every update that becomes available to you is automatically set up in advance overnight while you sleep, then you will never need to uh, independently access a registry cleaner or software uh, cleanup company. So by by activating the automatic updates from Apple and or from Windows, by making it an automatic everyday update, uh, you'll never be prone to having uh, installed something from a rogue company that is simply attempting to get into your system and steal your private information. All right, Dale. Well, thank you so much for this information and enlightening our listeners. I have to say goodbye to you, but we might be talking again because this is a real problem and it's getting worse. Thanks for the call, and I'm glad to share this important information with your listeners. All right. Thank you so much, Dale. We'll be talking to you again. All right, this is Leonard Birdsong. We're still on Leonard Birdsong Radio. Our guest was Gail Dale Penn, and he's got a book, Identity Theft Secrets, Exposing the Tricks of the Trade. It might be something you might want to pick up. Now, we're coming to the end, near the end here, and my research assistant did sent me some more, few more news tidbits that I wanted or she thought I should tell you about. The first one, and maybe you've heard about this, the headline reads, This perfume is the cat's meow. A New York fragrance company has bottled the smell of kittens. Demeter Fragrance Library says its $20 per ounce kitten fur has the, quote, the olfactory essence of the warmth and comfort of that perfect spot just behind a kitten's neck. End quote. Now, my daughters all liked kittens and cats, and we had them around, and I do think that kittens do smell good, but I had never heard of bottling the fragrance of perfume. It's spelled P-U-R-R dash F-U-M-E. Get it? Perfume. <laughs> I like that. All right. Here's one from Georgia. The headline from Paul to poll. I guess Paul means politician, and poll means the kind of poll that dancers do in clubs. The story. A former Georgia politician has a new gig as the artistic director at a local strip club. Former GOP state rep Jill Chambers, who served in the legislature from 2003 to 2011, has shimmied on over to the Oasis Good Time Emporium in Doraville, Georgia, according to reports. The club features new dancers and burlesque performers. So from Paul to Paul. 
Now, here is the last story I'm going to read. This is a news tidbit that I came across. You know, I, I just don't know how some people come up with these crazy, silly, ridiculous ideas. The headline read, Uproar Over Kids' Slavery Lesson. Posters by fifth graders that advertise slave auctions have been removed from the wall of a New Jersey elementary school hallway after some parents questioned the assignment. The South Orange School District is planning a community meeting to discuss whether the assignment is appropriate for fifth graders. Superintendent of Schools John Reynolds said in a note to parents that the project at the South Montana, I'm sorry, it's South Mountain Elementary School is part of a Colonial America unit that has been used for 10 years. He said an anti-bias expert consulted by the district highlighted the fact that schools often skip over painful aspects of American history. One poster listed the names of available slaves, including Anne, who's 12, who was described as a fine housegirl. Some parents were disturbed that young students were being asked to put themselves in the virtual shoes of people who subjugated others. Well, again, I would really be against this. My kids are all out of school, but I wouldn't want them doing slave stuff in school. I don't think that that is appropriate. Well, any rate, let's end on a higher note. Many of you listeners out there like to hear some of my riddles that I come up with, so I'm going to end the day with a few riddles. First one. How do you make a witch itch? How do you make a witch itch? You can figure this out. You got to think about it, though. All right. This is how you make a witch itch. You take away the W. Yeah, I think that's pretty funny, too. All right. Here's another one. Where was the United States Constitution signed? Where was the United States Constitution signed? You all know this. You have you got to think about it. Tell us. Well, you know that the U.S. Constitution was signed at the bottom of the document. Yeah, it's funny, I know. That's someone in the peanut gallery. They just can't get over this. Here's one. What kind of shoes do spies wear? What kind of shoes do spies wear? Come on, think about it. What do you think? Well, spies wear, of course, sneakers. All right. All right, let's see. I've run out of material here, but let's see. I have one last riddle. Why should you never trust a tree? Why should you never trust a tree, folks? Think about it. I'll give you a little time. Why must you never trust a tree? The answer? Because they're kind of shady. Ha, 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 ha.
Okay, it's not that funny. All right, we had a little riddles. Um, we're ending on a high note here. I hope you enjoyed the show. This is Leonard Birdsong. Leonard Birdsong Radio is where I am on talk show every Thursday from 1 until 2 Eastern Standard Time. However, since this is Internet radio, you can listen to me 24-7 if you've got a computer or if you've got the Talk Zone app on your telephone. I'm here to tell you some humorous things and some things that might improve your knowledge of the world. I like being with you. You can <clears throat> order my books from my website, leonardbirdsong.com. You can read some of my dumb criminal law stories for free on my blog. It's www.birdsongslaw.com. I love being on radio. I love living in Orlando. I love that you're out there listening to me. Stay with me. I hope you'll be with me next week. This is Leonard Birdsong of Leonard Birdsong Radio signing off right now. Talk to you next week, folks.